do you like remember that song that Baruch Assault sang at Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? No. Where she was talking, she's singing a song about being a brat, right? Sure. But then she sang, she sings something called like Bean Feast. And I was like, what the heck is a bean feast? Then she started talking about like desserts. And I was just like, do British people call like dessert feasts like bean feasts? Like, I'm not quite sure of the context. Well, I'm not sure what this has to do with the X-Men. It has nothing to do with the X-Men. That was just my curiosity peaking. Okay. Well, turns out we're actually uh, here on X-Men. So let's disregard all that. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if people could see it, but I am like putting my arms together. It's like X-Men. Yeah, so uh, I am Phil. Like Wonder Woman style, except it's Marvel. Yeah, I'm Phil. I'm Sue. And uh, you, welcome to Pencil Us In. Yeah. You can pencil us in for, for X-Mon. X-Mon. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just freaking redlined right there. Oops. <laughs> Hopefully that's not too bad. I can't um, sing any more of that, you know, bitchin' theme song because it's copyrighted. Yeah. Um. So um, today we're going to do something different. We're going to do something different all month, really. Um. If we had settled into a groove where we're going to do, you know, one manga, two American things, because I had more time than Sue. Well, yeah. uh, my time went away. but It did. Um, it did. Yeah. Uh, but this month, I had settled on a project that uh, I was going to do before I got a job. And, uh, well, getting the job at the time that I did basically just ruined all my timing for X month. So I'm sorry this episode is late. But he's, he's not sorry. Uh, we're going to do something different this week. Uh, this week too, in that um, instead of just going down and giving you like a history, talking about the creators and stuff, we're going to go back and reach into our past. Yeah, and give you basically a character profile rundown. I'm going to do like a thing where I'm just going to try and hit all the major points that I think are worth talking about in a character's history. Um, and we're going to start with... We're going to choose like three different characters. Yeah. And we're going to start with... With your boy. My it's boy. your boy, Wolverine. Mostly this came about with because Sue hates on Wolverine on a regular basis. I don't hate him on him as much as like Jean Grey, okay? Yeah. And, and, uh, Who and, like... And I was just like, look, you didn't read all those older issues. You don't understand. There was a point where Wolverine was actually a good character. Yeah, no, he was. He, I mean, I admit it. You know what, though? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify this. I hate on 90s Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, see, that was her problem. She was poisoned by 90s Wolverine. I hate on 90s Wolverine. <laughs> and so I was just like, let me take you back. Let me take you back. All the way to back. To the past. So you can Wolverine see how the Jack. character yeah. evolves. Thanks, Daisy. You okay, Daisy? <laughs> She's fine. She's fine. <laughs> so um, let's get started, shall we? Yeah, let's talk about the wolves. All right, so I'm not really necessarily going to get into his creation, but let's just say that he was created by the team of Len Wein. A little of Roy Thomas in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Herb Trimpey was the guy who drew that debut issue, but the person who de- who uh, designed his costume, John Romita, the oh. senior. Senior, okay. Yes. John Romita had his hand in the character designs for a lot of characters during the 70s and probably 60s too. Anyway, uh, he debuted in uh, Wolverine. Uh, I mean, sorry. He debuted as you the know, Wolverine. Yeah, you know where he debuted. In Hulk 181. At least that's the accepted debut. Uh, he had a cameo appearance in 180 where he shows up for one freaking page. And if anybody tells you that's his first appearance, just slap him across the face because they don't deserve to live. No, because it's 181. Yeah, because it's 181. Did you ever see the prices for 181 on eBay? Uh, ridiculous. They are redonk. Yeah, uh, redonk. we're talking five figures now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
he fights it out with the Hulk and uh, classic issue classic. Yeah, and and the Wendigo at the same time. <laughs> you don't need to know much about that, but uh, consider yeah, it is actually not too bad an issue. I, I liked it, but um, he has a brief appearance in One Eighty Two in which he's all like, "Well, that scrap's over. I'm leaving now." Yeah, it's true. Um, he just peaced out real quick. Yeah, but his next appearance after that is in oh, what is that book? Um, uh, oh yeah, Giant Size X Men number one. Where uh, the X Men, uh, the new team debuted along, you know, with Storm and Nightcrawler, Colossus. Yeah. Why don't you give us a rundown of who's on the new team? Um, okay, well, Storm, Storm, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler Colossus, Colossus, Banshee, Sa- Banshee, yeah, Cyclops, yep, Thunderbird. Thund- oh God, I'm so sorry, Thunderbird. Yeah, Thunderbird. Uh, Sunfire was there. Yes, yeah, so for briefly. Yeah, he, he was. He was there for that there? first mission. Yeah, at least. he was. Yeah. Um, and I. I think that's the team, isn't it? That's the whole team, yeah. yeah and Professor X. Well, if you count him. If you... Ugh, sure, why not? there. Yeah. Uh, the you know, team is named after him, yeah. even though he doesn't like you know, want to admit it. Yeah, more more people join later, obviously, right? But uh, <coughs> Sunfire leaves really quickly after this first mission is completed. Yeah. Uh, basically, all the original X-Men leave, but um, uh, Wolverine stays on, along with most of the new people in Cyclops. Uh, X-Men 94 is his debut in the... X-Men title proper. Mm-hmm. So uh, they rekindled the numbering uh, from what it was because X-Men was canceled with like number 63 or something like that. And then for 30 issues or so, it was in reprints. But then they decided to bring it back. It wasn't with the number one. It was picking up where they left off with reprints. That's that's fine. Well, yeah, but the book was in published, it was being published the whole time. Yeah, see, that's so, fine. Yeah, so like basically instead of getting a reprint on a bi-monthly basis, you suddenly got a new book. And you're like, oh, crap. That's pretty good. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Um, not much to report Wolverine-wise until X-Men number 98, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at which point the X-Men or some X-Men got can- uh, kidnapped into space. Oh, right? yeah, the space issues. Yeah, uh, by Sentinels. And uh, while they're there, you know, Wolverine's captive and all, and then they're like, oh, what's he going to do? And he's like, oh, it turns out claws are actually part of him. Yeah. They weren't They weren't just Whoa, something that came out of his gloves. That? Yeah, th- th- that was actually the original design for him. Is it, he just had gloves with claws in them. But no, turns out that was actually part of his skin. You know another weird thing about Wolverine at this beginning stage? What? Um, Claremont had taken over from Len Wein at this point, but... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they didn't know much about Wolverine, so he and uh, Dave Cockrum were discussing it, right? And then they're like, I don't know, maybe he's a mutated actual Wolverine. That's cool. Like Spider-Woman was originally supposed to be a mutated actual spider. <laughs> high, high evolutionary style. So like while he's on there and they're like, oh, the claws are part of his body, right? And then, then they're like, he's got really weird readings too, right? Yeah. And so that was actually supposed to be a hint towards him being a real Wolverine who was mutated into a man. Thankfully, they never went with that. You could tell there was some kind of inklings in those early issues, though. They were trying to figure it out. Yeah, there's and a lot of, like, well, let's throw this here. Yeah. And that then, didn't work. And then it was like, that. what's happening? And then like they finally, I think by, I want to say, you know, issue maybe like 100 something, they, they got into the groove and I was just like, oh, man, these are really good. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think it wasn't until they came back from space that they were yeah. in a better place. They were. So oh, they went into space, and I was just like, my eyes are rolling in the back of my head, and I was like, no more space. Yeah, unfortunately, the X Men spend a lot of time in space, and every time I'm just like, stop. No more space. Come back. So anyway, um, X Men number one hundred and three, mm-hmm. right? That's uh, the first mention of his name being Logan. 
Remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah. You remember who says his name is Logan? Uh, the freaking because it wasn't him. No, it no. was a freaking leprechaun. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. When uh, they were uh, went to Banshee's castle. <laughs> And a freaking leprechaun <laughs> saved them. And they're like, hey, Mr. Logan. And he's like, how do you know my name? Yeah, and then I remember that Carl's just like, your name is Logan? And he's just like, yeah, you guys never asked. Yeah. I was like, so that's actually pretty amusing by Wolverine. It's like, you never told us your name. You never asked. You never asked. And I was just like, see, this is the Wolverine that I know and love. Yeah. Uh, with X-Men number 107, uh, Dave Crockham leaves the book, but... One of his parting gifts was a new costume for Wolverine, right? Oh, yeah. It was that one he stole from that uh, that uh, Imperial Guardsman. That um, It was a brown and black number, but it had the little teeth thing going on there. And oh, yeah, was, like, I did, yeah. like barefoot on the mm-hmm. bottom. Yep. That was actually supposed to be his new costume going on. And he kept it for that issue and an issue of Marvel Team-Up, after which he ripped the costume off and went back to his old one. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. You've had uh you had a lot of great costume designs. Just no, not that one. Not one of your best. No, it's not. Yeah. But uh X-Men number 108, John Byrne comes in. Yes. And uh let me just tell you, oh, with man. John Byrne comes much better Wolverine. Yep. So uh cuz John Byrne is Canadian. He saw Wolverine was Canadian and he's all like there's not enough Canadian things going on in this world. So he latches on to Wolverine as a character that he's just really going to pump up. And you can tell. You can tell, yeah. He yeah. got better. He got better. Yeah. So um, issue 109 introduces an old friend slash enemy, I guess, of Wolverine. Frenemy? Yeah. A frenemy. Weapon Alpha. Oh, jeez. Yes. Of Canada. He's there to capture Wolverine, to return him to service. Yeah. <laughs> Sue's going to sing the uh, Canadian national anthem while I'm doing this part. I'm not going to sing it in French, though. Yeah. Sorry. We're not bilingual. Um, when we get to X Men number 112, Wolverine, who was uh, along with Colossus, he learns he's not much good against Magneto because apparently adamantium is magnetic, or at least affected by magnetic. That, that, I think that's kind of BS, but whatever. Yeah, well, I, I think that adamantium. Might have a little steel in there. It's a weird alloy. It is a strange alloy. Yeah. So I I don't really know. What if like somebody was made entirely out of tin? Well, then they wouldn't be particularly magnetic, would they? <laughs> they could go uh, aluminum's off good off for that too. Face off against Magneto. <laughs> the Tin Man. The Tin Man. The Aluminum Man <laughs> versus Magneto. <laughs> Your move, Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> Silly Magneto. Yeah. So anyway. Um, X-Men numbers 114 through 116 mm-hmm. finds the X-Men suddenly now in the Savage Land after their fight with Magneto. Um, I should say that uh, even though Wolverine um, uh, was pretty badly affected by Magneto uh, because of the circumstances of their fight with him once they regain their freedom after being captured, yep. um, he totally does land a big old hit on Magneto, which kind of puts him out of commission for a while. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. I remember that. But... Um, they, when they find themselves in the Savage Land after their fight with Magneto, which is in an underground layer and it's a good issue. Basically, all the burn issues with Claremont, uh, Chris Claremont are really great. So They're pretty good, yeah. People should find them. I know they get hyped all the time. Go read them. But uh, in the Savage Land, uh, they find out that Wolverine kind of heals pretty quickly. Yeah, he does. He gets chomped by a freaking T-Rex, right? And they're all like, oh, no, Wolverine. And he's all like, don't worry about me. I heal pretty quickly. Right? 
And they they also learned that Wolverine's proclivities for, you know, stabbing a dude. That's fine. I mean, what are you going to do with those claws? It's true. What do they expect? They're all like, oh, he's got such deadly claws. It's a good thing he never uses it. What, is he going to backhand people repeatedly? It's like these people in this team have never seen a Wolverine in real life. Yeah, I know. You've never, you've never seen a Wolverine? They're related to badgers. Yeah, and so like- What do you think they do? You know, Wolverine stabs people. They claw you. Yeah. So, uh, X-Men's number 118 through 119 has the X-Men land in Japan. Now, this is interesting because Wolverine and Japan are like peanut butter and chocolate. They're always together. They're always, they always together. The OTP, oh, apparently, of the okay, 70s yeah. and 80s. Yeah, um, that's kind of painful. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, hey, look, it's a white guy who's way more Japanese than a lot of the Japanese people are. Yeah, that was painful. Yeah, um... Wolverine kind of thinks Jean is dead at this point, right? Oh, thank God. She's not dead yet. Though. I know she's not. But uh, he immediately becomes smitten with a cousin of Sunfire. She's, her name is? Is Mariko. Mariko Yashida. Yeah. Dude also speaks fluent Japanese. Yes, he does. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Um, you know what, though? I take Mariko over Jean. <laughs> her super passive nature. Super, you know what? It's better than Jean Grey. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did not like Monaco, just to let you know, guys. Did not like her, but I would take her over Jean. It's okay. It's um, it's a thing. It's fine. So anyway, I would take Toad over Jean. <laughs> Wolverine X Toad. Yeah, Wolverine X Toad. I would take Toad over Jean. Okay. Over Toad. <laughs> so um, the next issues after that, the X dudes are diverted to Canada. Yep. Because they're trying to come back for Japan, but they're flying towards New York. And but they get diverted to Canada. Of course they do. Where they fight a newly debuted Alpha Flight. Uh Weapon yeah, I didn't Alpha. Understand that either. Yeah, Weapon Alpha after encountering the X Men and um you know, not doing as well as he expected there, he actually has a whole team put together now. Yeah. Because Marvel's all like, Hey, you wanna put together a whole team of Canadian uh heroes, John Byrne? He's like, Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. So he puts that together and uh they go to attack Wolverine to make him come back. Um Eventually, uh, you know, Wolverine uh, surrenders, but then, you know, he slips out the back door, essentially. It was hilarious. That that issue was hilarious, and I appreciated the hell out of it. Yeah. So, you know, they're all like, oh, we have to go turn around and get Wolverine again. And he's like, why? I'm already here. Yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> oh, how'd you get in? Oh, it's You guys kind of suck at detecting things. It's so. true. They do. They do. Yeah. Sorry, X-Men. So, I mean, like, can you tell now? Because I'm reading off, like, issue after issue. Wolverine's getting more spotlight, right? Yep. I'm just saying, Byrne really liked Wolverine. You know what, though? That's fine. He made him interesting. Yeah. Uh, the X-Men, uh, as they approach, uh, as we approach the Dark Phoenix saga, first they encounter Proteus. <laughs> a mutant capable of altering reality. And stealing bodies. That was weird. Uh, that was, was trippy. Yeah, the Proteus issues are kind of like a mix of like action and horror at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but they were good. Yeah, they're still really great. Um, but uh, this hits Wolverine actually pretty hard because when he messes with reality, it also counters Wolverine's senses of what's going on. And for some reason, he's very rooted in his senses. It's a very animal-like instinct. Yeah. So like when his senses like are not matching the reality that he has in front of him, he, he just loses his uh his grip on the things. That's fine. Because I know, would be like that too. Cyclops has to goad him into a fight in order to get him out of it and everything. It, it, it's it's still it good. It's really so. weird that you know the goading him into a fight actually cured him, and I was just like, wait a minute, it's Wolverine. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, that is how Wolverine works. That's just how he works. Yeah. So next up, 
Dark Phoenix. We don't Turn- need to talk about Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Turns out that lady that Wolverine really likes, well, um, she, she had her mind messed with, and then she goes kind of nuts and uh, is all powerful at the same time, right? So, um, and insufferable. Yeah. She becomes insufferable. Now, um, you know, during this time, though, uh, the day the hellfire club debuts yeah right? they do yeah and uh the x-men get captured by them but uh during the fight with the hellfire club wolverine like gets uh hit by a guy who's mutant power is to increase his mass by like you know a ton <laughs> and so wolverine ended up falling through a bunch of floors and into the sewer and everybody just assumes he's dead yeah that was great yeah um this is you know back before wolverine is well known for his legendary healing powers where he can heal from everything um you know, this is back when, you know, They're a dude out. gets chucked through a bunch of floors and you're like, oh, crap, he's probably dead. Yeah. Right? They're feeling him out. Yeah. Well, there's that famous last uh, panel on that one issue where, you know, Wolverine, like, pops out of the sewer and is like, all right, suckers, you had your shot, now it's my turn. <laughs> right? And then he does that by following up in the very next issue by slicing and dicing up some Hellfire peoples. That was interesting. And it was a new, it was a cool issue because he got his little spotlight and he just kind of comes out there and um, he's not like the super tank that he is now he actually has to like sneak around to be careful and do stuff i appreciated that too but he tore up some hellfire members oh yeah he did and you know helps manage to save the x-men you remember when he, of, like yeah remember when of. he beat the crap out of that one dude and then like um he just picked him up he's just like freaking talk and he's just like no don't hurt me and he's just like i won't hurt you if you freaking talk <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> You know, he kind of pulls a dirty Harry on there and is yeah. all like, look, there's only like two meters between this. Yeah. And you know I can cross it I, really right. fast before you tra- pull that trigger. <laughs> you going to take your chances? Let's the go. guy's like, no. Yep. And I was just like, oh, Wolverine. <laughs> oh, See, too bad. you're actually likable now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, by the end of that, though, Dark Phoenix thing, uh, Jean goes and commits cosmic suicide. She she commit no she commits cosmic genocide. Well, no, not and cosmic genocide. Like on a, I, I she goes and destroys a planet, right? She destroys a star. Yeah, well, in the process, destroying, destroying a, planet a planet who orbits it with like six billion people. Yeah, but we're not really here to talk about that. We're mostly just talking about Wolverine here. Yeah, because we had talked about Jean Grey. Yeah, and I hate her. Yeah, so six you know, billion people. Jean dies. Wolverine's all sad. But, you know, at the same time, dude, you already got Mariko. You were hanging out with her. Yeah. So, like, he was sad, but not as sad. Yeah. And I was just like, good. <laughs> so, you Nobody know, should be sad. Bad times. But good news is, during that hel- the uh, Dark Phoenix saga, they also picked up some new recruits. Or at least I say one new recruit. You remember? Kitty Pride. You know what? Who now joins the team after the end of the uh, Dark Phoenix yeah, saga. Yeah, but you know what, though? Mm-hmm. You know, you told me that you did not like Kitty Pride. I'm not right? a huge fan of her. He's not a huge fan of Kitty Pride. I actually liked Kitty Pride a little bit more than you did because I thought she was fun. I thought she was a fun person. And like she's just that annoying kid sister oh annoying kid sister. Like all those eighties, you know, friggin' sitcoms, there's annoying kid sister and there's Kitty Pride. And she's just yeah, she's just kind of annoying because she's always telling people what to do and it was like you're 14. Stop yeah. telling me. Please stop telling people what to do. You know what? Though? You that's just that's the sort of her. privilege that a wealthy white, uh, white girl who is the only child has. Yep. And, you know the, I mean? and the daughter of a banker. Yeah. Check I the privilege, wealthy. Kitty Pride. I said wealthy. So yeah, better though. Anyway, Kitty Pride joins the team. This is going to be important for the future of both her and Logan. Yep. Speaking of whom, he heads back to uh, Canada to finally put the Alpha Flight beef on ice. And he takes along his pal Nightcrawler. Yay. 
he does. And you kind of find out they're kind of buddies, right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> I appreciated that. Um, I should also t- point out too. This is the debut of that awesome brown suit yep. that John Byrne designed for yep. him, and that it sticks around suit. for years, that at least until the best suit. at least until the X Men reset yeah. from like 1991 or so. Yeah. Also, Wendigo. Wendigo. Yeah, he's back. He's back. Anyway, uh, they take care he's of that back. mess, but uh, this leads into Days of Future Past, which is also great issues. Yeah. Um, it's great issues. Features, you know, Wolverine prominently on that cover with him, like, you know, covering the older Kitty Pride, and they have that poster with, like, you know, dead or yeah, captured dead, deceased, on there. captured, captured. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I just want you to know, um, it's a good storyline. You should really read it. But uh, if you're ever interested in seeing what an adamantium skeleton looks like with all the other pesky, without all that pesky flash on it, this is the storyline to read. Turns out it looks just like a real skeleton. Yeah, but it's covered in metal. It's covered in metal. <laughs> yeah. So, um, John Byrne leaves the book after issue 143, but well, how will that affect your favorite little short man, the claws? Well, we'll find out, right? Yeah. Uh, issue 152, we're going to jump ahead a little bit because there's not much going on with Wolverine after that, you can tell. Um, reveals that the Hellfire Club has people with a particular demand on for Wolverine. Who could that be? Oh, probably those guys he sliced and diced when he came out of oh, the yeah. sewer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, those guys. Uh, also, about you guys. Yeah, also that guy who sent him through the floor with the increase of gravity. Wolverine got his revenge on him, and so that guy, uh, whose name is Henry Leland, also has a man of Wolverine. Turns out Wolverine makes a lot of enemies. You punch enough people in the face, Phil. I'm I mean, pretty sure you'd make a lot of enemies. He's, Wolverine just doesn't punch; he stabs too. Yeah, that's it's fine. Yeah, so um, these guys are people to keep track of. You know what I mean? The Hellfire Club. Well, not just the Hellfire Club, but the people with a particular matter for Wolverine because they kind of came back a little cybernetically enhanced and they were going to try and beat on him. Um, so it's it's something that uh, you should keep an eye on. Yeah, you know what okay. I mean? Uh, just as an aside, it was inevitable with it with Dave Cockrum returning on Earth that the X-Men would end up back in space. I just want you to be warned, Okay. <laughs> No space. Yeah. And another observation, Wolverine's famous for taking in teenage girls under his wing. Yeah, he does. He does. Kitty Pride was the first of them. Mm -hmm. No sign yet, though. Yeah. But wait and see. So um, having recently uh, survived a traumatic assault from Rogue that stripped her of her powers and real memory, the former Ms. Marvel, one Carol Danvers, is staying with the X-Men around this time. As you should know. Yeah. More, more on was, that in the later episode. That was awkward. Yeah, more on that in the later <laughs> episode. You, we'll learn more yeah. about that. Uh, Wolverine reveals that uh, that he knows her and that they often used to work together back in the day when they were both secret agents. Wolverine knows everybody. Yes, that's actually one of the real secrets of Wolverine, you know. He knows everybody. He knows everybody. You know one of those... He, he, everybody knows a guy who knows everybody, right? Wolverine's that guy. Like... You know how Nightwing is to DC, where he knows everybody. Yeah, yeah Wolverine's, Wolverine's like that, that for person. Marvel. Yeah, for Marvel, he knows everybody. Yeah, like even the obscuros, he probably knows like, um, you know, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, even though she's like twelve. He probably knows her. He probably high fives Devil Dinosaur every time they walk past yeah. each other. He knows them. Yeah. So, um, they even you know at this point they kind of pull another keeper to sneak into the Pentagon to delete some files, and uh, and they work pretty well together, but. Once again, more on that in a later episode. Yep. Um, you just got to remember this Danvers connection, okay? It's going to uh, oh, it's yeah. going to be important later. It on. is going to be super important, uh, especially when Rogue joins the team. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, like, okay, yeah. What, how old is the spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it's only 35 years old. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Actually, it's older than that. It's Jesus. very old. God, I'm so old. <laughs> but remember how I was talking about space? Oh, yeah, don't we're back. We're back in space, space because it's issue one sixty one or so. Talk about space anymore. Um, and uh, you know the X Men were fighting brood people, right? The brood creeped me out. Yeah, they're they're riff on uh, Alien, the yeah, franchise. Yeah, they're riff on Alien, but they were even creepier than the aliens. Yeah, they definitely have a sort of like we're going to steal your body and use it for our own they were, ends. They were, they were a mixture of the Brood and the Body Snatchers. Yeah, so it's like a body horror uh, yeah. slash space thing, and it's they're, they're annoying too. Though. Yeah, yeah. At, at first, I was terrified, and then like towards the end of those issues, I was just like, "Hurry up!" Yeah, I know. Hurry uh, up! Oh, the brood thing lasted, what, was it like a whole friggin' year? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it was like, yeah. no more brood. Well, uh, see, um, in issue 161, I should point out, this is also that big um, issue where you find out that Xavier and Magneto used to be pals back in the day. Uh, but the X-Men are going off to a um, um, a banquet, right? Mm-hmm. And... You know, they're going to celebrate with the CR about something. I can't really remember. <laughs> no, something Maybe it was defeating the Brood. I don't know. Um, but it turns out the Brood weren't really defeated. And surprise, the X-Men are captured and all implanted with Brood eggs. Gross. Yeah. It's so gross. Yeah. Oh, jeez, it was so gross. Yeah, in my notes, ew. Yeah, ew. Uh, so, so, anyway, gross. Wolverine breaks free and he just kind of runs around the Brood home world going nuts, right? He absorbed a part of the Brood into him. So, eventually, after a lot of pain, his body rejects the Brood egg. Yeah. Due to his healing factor and his adamantium bones. But he gets this weird kind of like waffle print on yeah, his he face. he does. He does. I and love his, it. And his chest. Yeah. And it was just like, this, he looked like he was a football with like the little waffle print on it, and I was just like, "What's happening there?" <laughs> yeah, it, it's hilarious too because he has that waffle print going on until um, Cockrum leaves the book. At which point they're like, "Get rid of the waffle print." Yeah, and the next artist, you know, is just drawing regular Wolverine. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah, absorb that waffle print. Um, but it's also uh, around the same time I should actually point out that uh, the legendary Wolverine miniseries comes out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We should say that Chris Claremont, you know, he just goes ahead and pours Wolverine's endless inner monologues about being the best there is right over to Uncanny at this point, too. So um, we'll we'll talk about the miniseries in a, in a bit because, it's, you know, storyline, we're a little out of order here. Uh, but after the brood mess order is over, um, thanks, Storm's Goddess, uh, it's time for old Wolverine to finally go to Japan. Yeah. 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 Um, Let's go to Japan and be really awkward. Yeah, because he basically gets back and then he gets um, like a phone call from Mariko going, I don't like you breaking up with you now. And he's like, I'm not taking that. I'm going to fly over there myself personally and confront you. That's fine. <coughs> That's fine. You you deserve that. Yeah, I know. Like, it's kind of crappy to try and break up with somebody over the phone, but we're going to find out why, aren't we? Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. So, um, uh, it, and it's funny too because I should also point out that when he goes over there, he's gone for about the same amount of issues in the storyline, mm-hmm. um, and that's some continuity right there. Because you're like, hey, was Wolverine? Oh, he's off in Japan. There you go. Yeah, continuity. You know what I mean? Bam. Anyway, our favorite Canuck finds out that his lady, right? Yeah, Mariko, mm-hmm. is not calling him and not wanting to talk to him because she's suddenly married because her dad is returned from wherever it was he was, and been all like, daughter, you're going to do what I want you to do, and I want you to marry this scum lord because I'm a crime boss, 
and I want this home lord over here uh, to be paid off to some debt I have. I never understood that, by the way. Yeah. I, I was just like, what's happening right now? And then there's just like, where did you come from? And he's like, that's not important. And I was like, this is this is very important to me. Where did you come from? <laughs> I don't really know. No, like it doesn't. I read that miniseries, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, where did you come from? Don't, no. Don't. Cotton Eye Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? I just don't really know. Anyway, Wolverine shows up and he's all like, what the hell, baby? And then, uh, but he gets drugged, right? Yep. And then he gets his ass handed to him by yes, this guy. Yeah, he does. And this is, one to, once again, an indication that back in the day, Wolverine wasn't an unstoppable tank. That was great, too. He had his ass handed to him by a normal dude. Yeah. You know I what appreciated I mean? that. Even though he was drugged. But um, uh, this happens in front of Mariko. And, she, and, and he's all like, oh, I'm dishonored now. So he slinks off. And um, is very sad elsewhere, and uh, sure. is very sa- okay, you know, yeah, very okay. sad man, right? Sad. But he but he hooks up with a lady called Yukio. Yeah, a mysterious assassin type lady. I actually liked Yukio. Yeah, I thought she was interesting. But uh, this lady likes to live the dangerous life. Oh, she's crazy. Yeah, and drags uh, our <laughs> protagonist into it. Yeah, and a conflict with the hand. The hand, if you are by the grace of God unfamiliar, is a group of ninja <gasps> assassins. Did I don't know? Usually work as mercenaries. They debuted in oh, the hand. Daredevil. Yes, they did. Frank Miller, who also worked on Daredevil, um, brought him over to this Wolverine miniseries because that's Frank Miller doing the breakdowns it is, yeah. on that. I was just like, mm, uh, by the, yeah. By the way, if you're uh, if you're not familiar with the miniseries, really good. You should check it, it out. It's really good. Yeah. Very important Wolverine size of uh, Wolverine styles. Uh, Chris Claremont was you know the guy who scripted the book, but he worked on the plot together with Frank Miller for this. And uh, Frank Miller did the breakdowns on the art. He did not do the finished art. The finished art was done by Joe Rubenstein. Okay. So you should know this. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, the freaking hand. Yeah. The freaking hand. Yeah. Sorry, the hand. I hate them too. Oh. Anyway, to summarize, Wolverine runs together with Yukio until he realizes some things about himself after losing so much, right? Yeah. He's all like, oh, wait, I'm not just an animal. I'm a man. Self-reflection. Yeah. Um. He finally returns for the rematch against um, Mariko's dad, whose name is Shingen for some reason. Um, Shingen? Yeah, Shingen. Okay. Um, I guess Shingen Yashida or yeah. Yashida Shingen, whatever you want. Yashida wouldn't. Shingen. Um, he returns for that rematch and um, wins. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He's not off, drugged, yeah. surprisingly. Offs the dad because that's how Wolverine do. And uh, Mariko's all like, okay, thank you. Right? Like in her passive way, yes. yeah. And then, and then they're all like, "Let's get married." And she's like, "Yeah, let's do that." Oh my god! So, the next thing that happens is the X Men get an invitation to go to Japan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know what though? Um, the husband, right? The the scum lord husband. Mm-hmm. He survives. Did he? I think he did. I thought he got off. I don't remember. No, because like, um, no, the 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 couple that he was with, that he was trying to impress, mm-hmm. they got put in a car bomb, and Yukio like blew him up, and I was just like, oh, good, they're dead. Yeah, because you know, spoiler alert, Yukio was working as an assassin for Shingen too, so she was she was double timing. But at the same time, mm-hmm. way more interesting. Yeah, Yukio is a like a wild card character, character that uh, way more interesting than Mariko, but yeah. um, whatever. Whatever. The point is Wolverine wants to, you know, he, he's a sort of wild animal sort of character, but he also strives for his civilization. And that's the point because Japan has an ancient civilization with a lot of rules and codes going on. Uh, okay? It's, it's a juxtaposition uh, issue. 
So, um, the X-Men are invited to the wedding. Everything's going great. Nothing could possibly go wrong, right? Oh, yeah. Something can go wrong. <laughs> so you jinxed it. <laughs> like, this is the X-Men co- we're, com- we're talking about, okay? You know, just like, there's nothing that's happening. You know, just like, just imagine like Cyclops like grilling and then like Nightcrawler and Colossus just chilling out in the backyard with like Storm and like Kitty Pride and Wolverine and they're just like, oh yeah, nothing can go wrong. And then there's like a pause and then suddenly Sentinel. You're just like, okay, there it is. There it is. Yeah, that's just kind of how the X-Men work. <laughs> Somebody's like got a brief chance of happiness and they're like, well, how's that going to get screwed yeah, up? Nothing can go wrong. Well, let me tell you. When the X-Men arrive, they are accosted by the Silver Samurai, apparently, who is Mariko's half-brother. That came out of left field, by the way. Yeah, bastard child of Shingen at some point. Um, I don't really know where it came from, but... uh, Oh, oh, I should also tell you this, by the way, his (laughs) name, um, Kenny Uchio. Don't don't tell me his name. (laughs) Don't tell me his name. (laughs) I don't know who gave him that name at Marvel, but that's not a real Japanese name. Not a real Japanese name. I just, just by the way, just roll that around in your mouth a you little can, bit. You know what you could do? You can go to like you could pick up a dictionary. No. And just look up names. No. Just roll it around in your mouth a little bit. Whatever. Just, just just say it. Kenny Uchio. Don't talk to me about Kenny Uchio. <laughs> there you go, you said it. Anyway, so thinking the skirmish is over, the X Men are poisoned. Of course. Except they are. for Storm. Yeah. Now the two manage to recover uh while the rest are in critical condition, right? Uh, that's Wolverine, because of his healing factor. Yeah. And uh, new X-Person Rogue, because she's tough. Uh, and she stole the powers of Ms. Marvel. Yep. Um, Wolverine really doesn't like Rogue because of what he did, uh, what she did to his buddy Carol. But uh, she ends up tagging along with him anyway, because, uh, you know, what no else choice. is she, she going to do? No choice. Yeah, because her, all her teammates are in the hospital. And she's like, well, what else am I going to do? Right? Yep. Um, now, together, they uh, save the X-Men from Silver Samurai and his partner, Viper. Wolverine defeats the Samurai in a really darn neat fight sequence. Yeah, it was really good. And is nearly cut down along with Mariko by the Viper. But Rogue, at the last second, kind of jumps in the way and takes the shot. Uh, like, shot after shot in order to keep them from, uh, uh, you know, dying. Yep. And uh, at some point... You know, the blaster explodes in Viper's hand, and she has to, like, run away and teleport away with the Silver Samurai, who, by the way, has a teleportation device. That yes. that goes way back. I don't know why. Anyway, um, Rogue is kind of in bad shape after all these shots. I would be, too. <laughs> right. But Wolverine saves her life by touching her. Uh, actually, I think they make it out. But uh, that's just kind of the Rogue style of doing it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know... He, she gets a piece of his healing factor, and uh, that allows her to heal from the, uh, well, the several blaster shots she took to right to the chest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's actually kind of a touching sequence. You know, that whole issue is just so good. That was good. That yeah. Was good. Now, as the winning issue is about to take place, though, suddenly Mariko stops it and proclaims Wolverine unworthy. Apparently, the mastermind has now gotten to her, too, just like he did with Jean Grey. Right? Uh. Yeah. Well, the Wolverine deal, uh, I mean, uh, the X-Men in general deal with Mastermind because he's got some kind of, like, overall plan to screw with the X-Men again, as if he didn't learn his damn lesson by driving, being driven insane during the Dark Phoenix he saga. He learned nothing. Like, the you know, the, the Phoenix came, you tried to control it, and then she messed up, you, she messed you up mentally, Yeah. right? And then you're just like, oh, I'm going to mess with these people again. I'm just like, did you learn nothing? No. Did you learn nothing? Mastermind just never learns anything. So, uh, but... Wolverine, man, he just can't get over this crap, right? And uh, he shows back up after the Mastermind thing, and he was all like, 
yo, girl, you run the influence of the mastermind. She's like, yeah, I know. It's broken now. I still ain't going to marry you. And he's like, why not? Because now I'm unworthy because of my family's crime times. I was like, I hate you so much. We were just about to get married. No, I was just like, I hate you so much. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I was sitting there and I was just like. But she gives him the family sword and that's apparently some kind of big thing. Um, And uh, yeah, the Wolverine just goes off and and rejoins the team. Yeah. Mariko. Yeah. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, now, Wolverine, at this point, starts to be taking on more of a role of, like, ad- old man advice giver. Yeah, he's, like, old man Wolverine. It's great. Yeah, so, like, somebody will say something, he'll have some kind of problem, and he'll come over and give, like, what would be sage advice, except it's, like, sage advice from a tough love asshole. Yeah. Yeah, it's from, like, a grizzled old man sage advice, and you're just like, And that sage Wolverine. advice is always, like... Better toughen up. <laughs> yeah. It's always like, you could punch this thing, right? And you're just like, no, Wolverine, I can't. He's just like, well, then what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's funny when he does it, right? Because, you know, watching a coach Colossus on Romance with Kitty Pride, though, that was that's not so cool. That was awkward. <laughs> She's 14. Dude's like 19. It's not... I know they're both technically teenagers, yeah. but come on. It's not that unheard yeah. of, but at the same time, it is I mean, I, I know this is almost 40 years ago, but times have changed, and that's not something that's aged very well. No, it is not. Uh, unfortunately, more on that later. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Where did I leave off here? Oh, oh yeah. you forgot about the bar fight with Colossus. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah. Because first we have to actually um, get through the Secret Wars, which the X-Men get through. <laughs> uh, the X-Men Secret Wars, se- yeah. uh, spoiler. Isn't that where Spider-Man got his black costume? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, the X-Men participate in it, but really, they're not really that big a deal in it, so I'm not going to talk about it here. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Secret uh, Wars! But then when they come back from the Secret Wars, well, guess where they end up back in? Freaking Japan, because like, the X-Men can't stay away from Japan. I was like, drama? They end up acting drama? <laughs> well, that's what they do, too, yeah. Um. Anyway, there's no contact again with Mariko, but we do see her running uh, off for the X-Men on the side and telling her cousin Starfire what to do, because apparently she's now head of the clan. Um, mm. X-Men 183, that's what we're up to now. Yes, we are. Uh, that finds Colossus breaking up with Kitty Pride. Yep. And this is where we see the bar fight happen. I didn't understand that. And I was just like, why did he break up with Kitty Pride? Like, I had to point this out to Phil. And I was like, why did he break up with Kitty Pride? He's like, oh, it's because you didn't read Secret Wars. And I was just like, the hell's happening here? And he's just like, oh, Colossus meets a lady. He thinks he loves her. And I was like, what? And he's she like, dies. She dies. And I was like, what? Colossus is really conflicted. And like, he doesn't think he's good enough for Kitty Pride anyway, because... He's always feeling inadequate around uh, smarter people, which is understandable. Classes isn't smart. No, but you know what I like? Mm-hmm. I like that dynamic. Like Smart person hooking old, up with a dumb person, but the, the dumb person, you know. Himbo. But both of them still care about they each other. They love each other. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's Unfortunate. Just, it's not something I want to see when she's 14 or even 15 or 16. Wait till she's 18, at least. Okay. <laughs> Preferably 21. Because, I mean, it's not like she's he's that much older. He's only like five years older. He's five he? years older than her. So maybe like so she's 21 and he's 26. That's great. Mm, That's good. Okay. What do you mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's awkward. Uh, yeah, yeah, look. It was always awkward. Yeah. Let's move along, shall we? Yeah, let's stop, stop uh, Anyway, Wolverine's all pissed off about him hurting Kitty's feelings uh, and thinks like, that like Colossus the, is like a moron. Like the grizzled old uncle he is. Yeah, because he's all like, you hurt my girl. Yep. Um, so he decides to get uh, Colossus into a fist fight with the Juggernaut. 
Which was great. And the juggernaut tears the place down around Colossus's ears, and Colossus is like, what happened? And Wolverine's all like, got your butt kicked, and you deserved it. Yeah. He kind of did, though. Yeah, but once again, Kitty's 14, Colossus is like 19. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about how Colossus doesn't know what he wants. All right. Also, apparently, the juggernaut just holds, like, just carries wads of cash with it. <laughs> Right, yeah. And look, I'm not upset about Colossus getting beat up by the Juggernaut, by the way. He is a dumbass, and him getting a beating from the Juggernaut, still well justified. You know what I appreciated about the uh, Deadpool movies? Mm -hmm. Was that Colossus was a dumbass? Yeah, no, it was just like 100% accurate. Colossus is a guy who's a dumbass. Yeah, he's, that was happening in this movie, and I teared up a little. I was just like, thank you. <laughs> you know, pure of heart, always willing to, yeah. you know... I was willing to do stuff Always for willing to believe the best in people, yeah. do stuff for them, you know, sacrifice himself. Dumbass. Dumbass. <laughs> so, um, Appreciate you, Colossus. Yes, what happens next? I don't want to. What do you mean you don't want to? <laughs> Why are you even in this episode? Get out of here. <laughs> no, we're back in Japan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said I don't want to. Yeah. No, we're Phil. back in Japan. Because this is now the Kitty Pride and Wolverine miniseries. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're just like, well, guess what happens? And I was just like, I don't want to guess because it's just going to be awkward for everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, I should mention here, uh, this is where Kitty Pride finally lands on the code name of Shadowcat. Yep. Um, she had been Ariel before. She had been Sprite. She had awful costumes. There's a reason that she's mostly just known as Kitty Pride. And that's how I'm going to continue referring to her. Not as Shadowcat because even that name eventually didn't stick. No, it didn't. Yeah. She just kind of phases right through her names. Anyway. Ooh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kitty heads to Japan because her dad is in trouble with some Yakuza, right? She sucks. She gets captured. And from there, she's brainwashed by a ninja man. But uh, before she got captured, though, she managed to get a call through to the X guys. Uh, but Wolverine picked up, and rather than tell anybody else about it, he decides to just run off after her by himself. That's fine. Because that's the Wolverine way. Why tell anybody else when you can just solve the problem yourself? Yeah. So Wolverine finally shows up, and he's ambushed now suddenly by Ninja Kitty, who was ambushed by a ninja, uh, who was brainwashed by a ninja, and now has all these ninja abilities just because she was brainwashed. Right? That's how it works, right? Sure. You don't need that kind of training, though, right? No, yeah, you don't need years of development. Yeah, that's or fine. Or training. But the the fight ends when Ninja Kitty suddenly stabs Wolverine with her sword. Uh, Wolverine gets takes some damage here, but he manages to survive because you know he's Wolverine. Um, it turns out that Wolverine's friend from the previous uh, miniseries, Yukio, uh, she takes down Ninja Kitty, and after that, uh, uh, Wolverine. Kind of takes over on a long process of undoing that brainwashing damage. You know what's fun? Mm -hmm. The fact that Yukio is in love with Wolverine. Yeah. Um, she totally in love with Wolverine. Yeah, and then she's all like pissed off at other people getting in the way. Yeah. It's like screw that Mariko That's lady. Fine. That's and Wolverine's fine. like, if you kill her, I'm gonna kill you. Fine. <laughs> Anyway, um, it turns out also the guy who did the uh, brainwashing uh, was a guy named Ogun, and uh, he was a good friend with Logan back in the day because he also trained Logan in ninja ways for some reason. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I don't okay. know. Um, Logan knows everybody. Yeah. Um, Wolverine uh, finally breaks her conditioning with some tough love training, and uh, Kitty then decides to go take on the master by herself to just, you know, free herself of the conditioning, and Wolverine has to follow to help out. And together they defeat Wolverine's old friend and mentor, and they kill his ass because that's just how Wolverine do. There are no prisoners, Phil. Yeah. By the way, Mariko's still not marrying him. She's weird. 
Um, this miniseries really seems to be where the whole Logan mentors young girls things come from. It's it's a theme. Yeah. It's a theme. He'd been concerned over Kitty before, but this is really where like the parenting thing takes over. Yeah. Because like, apparently he's a better dad than her actual dad. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So uh, the two do seem to make a nice fighting pair, though, because when they uh, face off against Emma Frost's Hellions, the uh, the equivalent of the New Mutants for the evil people, yeah, uh, under Cheyenne Mountain, they, 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 they take them on pretty well. They do. Uh, and that's an X-Men uh, number 193. Yeah. By the way, it's Uncanny X-Men at this point. It is Uncanny X-Men at this point, um, yes. The uh, title would launch with an untitled X-Men back in like, 1991, but that's many years away at this point. Um, Wolverine uh, is still continuing his role as Sage Old Man. He's always offering that gruff advice yep. and tough love. Yep. He just cares so much, you guys. You know what was great about that just scene with so the, the Cheyenne Mountain one? Mm-hmm. Was how she just faced through the floor. Yeah. And she just grabbed somebody and just faced through the floor. And then she's like, here's one. Bam. <laughs> yep. And I was just like, see, Kitty Pride, you got better. So it's one of her favorite tactics is grabbing people by their feet and chucking and pulling them that's through the floor. A, that's a great tactic. You don't think so? Yeah. That's great. That's just freaking like throwing people off. Yeah. Well, um, we do do, uh, for the next little stretch here, we're kind of like dry on like key Wolverine moments that I want to talk about because he just mostly team players through the next several issues. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, it's not, we're going to blow right past issue 200 and go all the way to 205. Yes. Where once again, we have a Wolverine spotlight issue. Yes. But this is a great spotlight issue. Yes, it is. Because we're talking about Barry Windsor friggin' Smith. Yes. Okay. Um, now, let me lay down some foundation here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Lady Deathstrike um, coming out as a cyborg, right? Yeah, that's but the one, yeah. she first debuted in the pages of Daredevil as Yuriko, daughter of Lord Darkwind, inventor of a process to bond adamantium to bone. Yep. Does this sound familiar to you? Well, it sounds familiar to Yuriko as well, right? Mm-hmm. In regards to Wolverine. Yes. Uh, so, despite her initially work having worked with Daredevil against her father and his aims, she suddenly has an about face as she embraces his legacy in the pages of Alpha Flight, where she debuts as Lady Deathstrike for the first time. But here she is not cybernetically enhanced. She just has some cool weaponry and yeah. stuff. Um, but now she's decided that Wolverine is probably a person who stole the adamantium bonding process, and she wants that adamantium back, damn it. She shouldn't have, you know, he shouldn't be having all this adamantium up in his system. That's, that's her father's yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the one thing that I don't understand. She's just like, you stole it. And I was just like, the thing that he was forcibly implanted with. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I Look, I don't know either. Yuriko. Yeah. Two, two seconds. Just think about just it. Just think about it. That doesn't make any sense. Look, I understand the vendetta after this issue, right? Because, you know, how things go down. But, like, before? Before? What? No. <laughs> Maybe the adamantium was poisoning your brain. Yeah. So um, this is exactly what I was writing my notes. It's like, I don't I don't get that part. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. I read that, but I was just like, Barry was just Smith, boop. What? So um, <laughs> after having been defeated by, you know, a combined effort of uh, Wolverine and Alpha Flight, she makes a deal with Spiral in the body shop. Oh, yeah. And they turn into a cyborg uh, powerhouse, essentially. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, but this was, requires a lot of modification. And uh, it's really interesting looking at the uh, the art in this issue because it's not pretty how things go for uh, for Yuriko, and you can see what a major decision this is for her. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, I know. But she's crazy, so I don't know what she's gonna do. Oh, she cray cray, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, back to Helpo. 
Those Hellfire people we talked about before. Oh, yeah, the yeah, people that Wolverine sliced and diced before? Yeah, they're another back. Yeah. Cyborgier than ever. Yeah, I know. They're there too. Yeah. <laughs> they all we'll team up back. to take on uh, Wolverine and take their respective pound of flesh. So enter one Katie Power of the Power Pack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a blizzard out there and she gets caught in the middle of the brutal assault on Wolverine. Ooh, we got a little popping going on. Um, but uh, she helps... Um, him through the onslaught basically he had reverted to like animal form at one point yeah and it was uh, weird she helps him uh like kind of get his humanity back in time in order to like take on the rest of the dudes and finish the fight with uh lady deathstrike mm-hmm. once again this is an issue you need to read yeah it's really good it's so good it's super good yeah barry windsor smith right i mean like i put that name in all caps in my notes here so you know <laughs> find this issue and read it it's yeah. just good uh, issue 207 sees um, Wolverine dealing with the aftermath of his injuries from the Death Strike fight. Um, 206 was kind of like an issue that didn't really involve him all that much. Um, so this is back, once again, when Wolverine didn't just heal back from anything in minutes. Um, he just he had to take some time sometimes. So uh, Rachel Summers is here. If you don't know who Rachel Summers is, she's from the Days of Future Past storyline where she's the future daughter of Scott and Jean. Which was already a weird paradox because Jean was already dead. Uh, anyway, she's now back in she's the X Men. She's as annoying line. as her mom. Oh yeah, Rachel's so annoying. Oh, she is annoying. Yeah. Um, oh, I hate her too. And look, <laughs> I understand her to a certain degree, right? She got severe survivor's guilt and amongst other mental oh, yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. But same time, she's obnoxious. Yeah. She's just all like, me. And I was like, what about you? Yeah. So Wolverine kind of confronts her as she's about to, you know, rather justifiably murder the latest black queen of the Hellfire Club, Celine. Uh, and then Logan freaking stabs her to stop doing that. Good job. That she, she deserved it. I was like, okay, do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Rachel was, you know, basically nuts at this point. But at the same time, like, it's freaking Celine. If anybody deserves to die, it's her. It's true. Um, Celine is annoying too. Yeah, Celine's just. <laughs> anyway, Rachel's absence, but good. But after Celine kills some more people, I just want you to know this because she's terribly wounded, and uh, but she's terribly wounded and now disappears mostly from uncanny for some time. Um, but she'll be back. Yeah, she also enters the body shop, kind of like uh, Lady Deathstrike does. It's okay. Don't worry about her. Yeah. She'll show up later. In just Excal- push her away. In Excalibur. Don't yeah. worry about her. Just push her away. Um, but this. Kind of leads into our next big storyline, right? Which involves, uh, which begins with a young Morlock on the run from killers. And she hitches a ride from L.A. to New York to try and escape from them. She tries to escape back to the Morlock tunnels under Manhattan. But little does she know that she's actually uh, not evaded their captors at all. She's led them directly to her home. Oh, which is what they've yeah. been seeking. And now begins... The Mutant Massacre. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, this was awkward. Yeah. Wolverine's still basically trying to recover from all the beatings he's taken recently, and it seems like he's taken longer than usual, which is bad timing, because a lot of Morlocks are now dying. I know. And they're dying by the dozen. Yeah. And the X-Men have to hurry to their aid, but they're too late for most of them. I know. Yeah, uh, the Morlock Massacre is uh, an interesting that, time. That was it's kind of a dark-ass story. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I put it down, and I was like, I had to stare out the window. 
And I was just like, what is life? Yeah. What is happening right and now? And it's very costly for the X-Men, too. Not just the, the, the people who are, who are killing them, by the way, the Marauders. Uh, that's the team, name of the team. Uh, the X-Men take out a couple of the Marauders, but the Marauders, in turn, take out a couple of the X-Men. Yeah, they do. Nightcrawler, uh, Colossus, uh, uh, Kitty Pride was taken out, yep. too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, a lot of people go down because of this. And big changes are in store. But uh, let's talk about... Um, Wolverine here. Um, this is where um, Wolverine basically first encounters uh, Sabretooth, although they actually know each other. Yeah, they do. You know what I mean? Sabretooth actually debuted in the pages of Iron Fist, and he kind of bounced around. Um, he appeared in Power Man and Iron Fist. Um, I think he showed up once or twice in like Spider Man. Um, and uh, he was never really treated as particularly awesome until, like, he got to the X-Men pages where he, um, you know, did a bunch of stuff. He did. But, uh, the, yeah, the first Wolverine and uh, Sabretooth fight ha- happens here. The second first, you know, second Wolverine and uh, Sabretooth fight also happens here. <laughs> just yeah. let you know. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I should also mention, you know, uh, aside from that, uh, when the Wolverine first fights, Sabretooth in the tunnels there. He, you know, he managed to save uh, another Morlock and, you know, guides him back to the mansion. But um, at one point, the X-Men go back down into the tunnels to see what they can do down there. And um, at that point, Sabretooth decides to attack the mansion and there's one lone person there who is a visiting Psylocke because yeah. she had just come over from uh, Britain. Yeah, she did. This is like, isn't this the time with like the rotating cast? There's just a bunch of people showing up, and I was like, "Poor these people." Well, I should say um, at this point because they had just lost three members. Yeah, uh, this is did. where they start folding in new members. Yeah. Uh, so Psylocke um, manages to actually fairly well handle Sabretooth until Wolverine arrives to save her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they have a knockdown drag out fight. Uh, Wolverine uh, Sabretooth does, but then Psylocke manages to dig out some secrets from uh, his brain while they do it, and uh, you know they're all like, "Oh yay, victory!" Oh, I should also mention here that freaking Sabretooth, like, one-shots Rogue. And I'm just like, wow, he was really strong. <laughs> He's not really supposed to be that strong, I don't think. No. But yeah, one-shotting Rogue takes a lot of it effort. It takes a lot of effort. Yeah. You might pr- you probably counter by surprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it had, tell to be, myself. it had to be for some super freaking surprise. Yeah, you know that's why I was mean? like, I'm just going to tell myself that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, yeah, um, I should also point out that that issue where Psylocke, um, uh, you know, evades uh, Sabretooth and all that sort of stuff, that's a pretty great issue, too. It's got art from Alan Davis, who had just recently come over uh, and started working on American comics from after working on many British comics, such as, you know, Captain Britain. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so Wolverine's got another problem that crops up during the uh, Mutant Massacre, right? He's catching a scent that shouldn't exist. The scent of a dead woman. Spoiler alert, it's Jean Grey. She's back. I know, crazy, right? Yeah, Sue's favorite. So um, this drives him nuts on a few occasions, one in which he outright actually just slugs Storm, leaving her unconscious and now prone to kidnapping by a gang of old commie smashers. But we'll talk more about them when we get to Storm. Yeah. Spoiler alert, that's our next episode. <laughs> um, I keep saying spoiler alert. I love saying it. Um, I will say that Mr. Logan here, he kind of reverts to a feral state for a bit. He even watches a couple get, like, freaking murdered and, and just does nothing about it. Yeah. 
But that also kind of snaps him out of it. It's not a good time to be Wolverine, it looks like. Mm. You know what I mean? But um, that's this is why, of course, why Storm finds him. And uh, after Wolverine even tries to like run away for a while, and she's like, hey, Wolverine, I'm going to need you to leave the X-Men. It's like, I socked you after going nuts. You really don't want me to do this? And he's like, yeah, go for it. Well, he at least manages to guide the team through some more encounters with the Marauders, right? Um, And Storm happens to just kind of wander off and Be Storm. go find Sto- Forge. Yeah. Who we'll talk more about in the Storm yeah, episode we'll talk, anyway. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. that. That mutant massacre thing messed me up, Phil. Yeah, no, really, it was a dark storyline. <laughs> um, So... Eventually, they finally link back up with Storm, and he passes a leadership mantle back to her. Um, and after the whole fall of mutant storyline, which once again we'll cover in Storm, just be patient, okay? Just be patient. Be patient, patient, a patient person, a patient. Yeah. Um, the X peeps move to Australia, so it's uh, time for the Outback era. Uh, the base they move. Um, the base they move into actually belong to a bunch of super scummy cyborgs. They are known as the Reavers. Oh, the Reavers. Welcome. Yeah. They have no relation to the previous cyborgs that hunted Wolverine in issue 205. At least not yet. <laughs> Burner now. Yeah. Logan keeps calling Havoc Boy for some reason, and I don't know why. Because I think the guy actually has a graduate degree. Havoc? Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, um, how old does that make him? Like 25 or 26? Yeah. How old does that make Scott? Like almost 30? Almost 30. I think the first issue of X-Men establishes Scott as something like 17 or 18, right? Yep. Um, And we first encounter Alex graduating from college. So unless, and then that's in like issue 50 something. So unless he's a super genius, he would have been like 22 or 23 at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Weren't the X-Men supposed to be teens at this point? What is going on with the timeline? I don't understand how Alex has a master's degree. Days of Futures Past. It must have been. <laughs> like, I've changed the past somehow, and suddenly, like, Havoc wakes up one day and says, I have a master's degree. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey things. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Freaking timeline. Stuff, stuff, stuff happens, Phil. It's fine. It's fine. Don't question it. <sighs> All right. That's fine. I'm back. I'm back. Explain okay. why, like, you know, Batman has, like, what, four Robins? No, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. My brain will explode. Yeah. See? Don't talk about it. <laughs> anyway, they're brutal back. Well, they're in Colorado anyway. Um, But in an interesting twist now, they're capable of morphing back and forth between human and brood forms. And they're also hunting mutants specifically so that they can make brood mutants. Yeah. So where does Wolverine fit in? Well, there's obviously a history there. And he gets infected again because that's something that it seemed to like to do to Wolverine. Um, But he once again heals from that egg. And uh, yeah. They don't learn lessons like the Hellfire Club. Yeah, he also just goes ahead and offs the lead broodman. So. Don't, don't learn lessons. Yeah. They don't learn lessons. I don't know. So we're up to about issue 234 of Uncanny at this yep. point, mm-hmm. and that means we introduce the second, uh, or we introduce something else, the island apartheid nation of Genosha. <gasps> Genosha, yeah. Yeah. So um, if you need a little primer on this, mutants in this country are legally subservient to regular humans. They're put to work for the country, even against their wills. They're even genetically modified so that they are more amenable in many cases. Wouldn't that make them mutants? No, they are already mutants, if that makes any sense. It's just that they further modify to be more subservient and able to do what they want them to do. So uh, the Genotians are scummy people, 
because they they're are. freaking apartheid. Yeah, they're freaking um, apartheid. So, but they're also even willing to go out and kidnap runaways uh, or people who belong in Genosha or something like that uh, by a team of people called uh, the Press Gang. And one of them is able to teleport people across the internet somehow in 1988, which really impressed me because, I mean, that's some hella ups, uh, upload uh, speeds. You there know what you I mean? go. Yeah. There you go. Somebody Through had the a really phone powerful modem in that yeah. point. I'm really impressed. So anyway, uh, during a caper to kidnap a uh, person who uh, is apparently a Genosian citizen but also a mutant, the press gang also tangles with and uh, kidnaps Madeline Pryor, the erstwhile wife of one Scott Summers. You're, you're not going to talk. We had talked about that, didn't Jean Grey? Yeah, we talked about her we a little bit. We talked about her. Yeah, if you that need a little woman. bit more, we can talk about Jean Grey. No. Or you can listen to the Jean Grey episode. Yeah, we're not going to talk about Jean Grey anymore. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to get uh, we're gonna get right back into One this. One day I'm just going to find a Jean Grey, all the Jean Grey figures in like Target or like um, Best Buy, take them off the racks and throw them on the ground. Let's continue to plow through. <laughs> um, and then pick them back up because I don't want to do that to the workers there. Yeah. <laughs> so the ex-peoples, they go and investigate and they also tangle with the press gang. But uh, this results in Rogue and Wolverine being abducted as well. Um, so when they arrive in Genosha, their powers are wiped away from them. But first, you know, they kick some ass. Uh, but this doesn't work out for well for um, uh, either person, really. But um, Wolverine basically gets his powers wiped. That includes his healing. And now his giant adamantium skeleton and uh, other problems are starting to crop up because you know that just that just messes one person up. Yeah. Uh, Rogue also has problems because uh, once she loses her powers, um, some dudes who the, some of the magistrates there they decide to kind of like handle her a little roughly, um, kind of sexually assault her a little bit, and uh, she does not take that well. No. So as a consequence, you shouldn't of that, take that well. Exactly. But as a consequence of that, the uh, the Carol Danvers personality takes over, and um, she basically, since she's like a super spy person, busts them out of prison, and uh, she and Wolverine just pull like one more keeper. You know what I mean? Um, I hope she broke their fingers. <laughs> she was not gentle with them. I assure you. No, I mean like after like all that happened. Like mm-hmm. off panel, just go back and just break their fingers. Um, if I remember correctly, the same people who came in there to uh, uh, who had handled her roughly before, like came back to try and like silence her or something like that, and she like freaking broke their faces. Yeah, so, and their fingers. Yeah, so eventually, and their toes. Yeah, but uh, of, you know, she escapes, and Wolverine they like, pull a caper, but Wolverine's still not in great shape, right? But they eventually the X Men come to rescue, and uh, they start tearing the place up. And uh, in an ominous sign of things to come, Madeline Pryor frees herself as well in really twisted ways. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine powers are finally returned to him, but before that happens, Storm is shown freaking carrying his body around, and I think he's supposed to be like 300 pounds. So that more means that Storm is really strong because she's like just holding them out in front of him. Yeah, don't mess with Storm, Phil. Yeah, Storm. Don't mess with Storm. I mean, if she can do that, she can bench press at least 500 pounds, I'm sure. Don't mess with Storm. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, speaking of Storm, though, uh, she ain't happy when she finds out that uh, not only is Jean Grey alive, but that Wolverine kind of knew about it uh, for having catching her scent before, and that's why he went nuts. And she, he said nothing to her. You know what I mean? That's kind of awkward. But yeah. you know what, though? You, you, you smell a dead person, right? You kind of just 
don't think about it because you know that person is dead. Yeah, so. in Wolverine's defense, he didn't believe it either. Yeah, like, cut him some slack. Yeah. But um, now let's get to Inferno because we had talked about Madeline Pryor, right? Well, uh, what is it? It's an X crossover involving all the X books of the day with, like, demons and crap and stuff. So uh, it mostly dealt with the hanging thread of Madeline Pryor now that Jean Grey was no longer dead. Um, I'm not going to talk about it much here because it doesn't exactly have strong features for any of the characters I'm featuring. So, uh, Screw you, Jean Grey. We'll mostly move on, but I will focus for a couple seconds on uh, uh, the battle that Wolver Guy has in, uh, between him and Angel slash Archangel. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, Angel never liked the guy. And now that he's an ill-tempered apocalypse uh, twisted guy, uh, they have a fight. Now, Angel also has blades. It was I just thought it was interesting to point out. You know what's fun? Mm-hmm. I never liked Angel either. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. No, like, I'm just like, why are you here? Like, he showed up in, like, those issues, some of those issues. And, like, um, he just showed up and, like, kissed... Um, like the you know the ex ladies and I was just like who the hell are you get the hell away from people you sexual assaulting asshole. Yeah. You don't remember that? that kind he had of. like a, he had like a girlfriend and everything and I was just like you got the power of money you don't need to be here leave. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get moving though because yep. uh, Uncanny X Men uh, number two forty four also has a big debut. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now um, Wolverine's just about to get another teen girl protege. Who is it? Well, let's just say that you can easily imagine the fireworks about to come. Don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the X lads they have some fun at DC's expense with an issue parodying their invasion miniseries. Um, but now I think we can say we were you know finally heading into the home stretch for our little talk. Yes, here. we are. So uh, one thing I should mention though, uh, I skipped over a few late period Wolverine appearances. For example, the Havoc Wolverine miniseries. Um. But uh, I just didn't really think I should focus on them all that much because, you know, by the late 80s, Marvel had basically finally won out on the franchise expansion battle. Claremont had uh, held out as long as he could, but there wasn't much he could do about it. Uh, New Mutants came in 1983. X-Factor came in 85 or 86. And it was only a matter of time before the X-Men's most popular character would break out on his own, right? Yep. So we speak, of course, about our spotlight character here. Um... First, he gets a continuing spotlight in the uh, Marvel Comics Presents book, and that's like bi-monthly, I think. So that's coming out twice a month. And that's quickly followed by his own continuing monthly. Now, um, Claremont tried to take control of this situation by taking the writing chores for himself, right? But the X-Men was also Marvel's biggest seller, and they had another genius plan. Publish the X-Men twice a month. That's kind of a workload. I know he was getting paid, but that's crazy. What is happening over there? Yeah, I know. So, um, anyway, to try and explain away Wolverine appearing in so many places now, he kind of started having to set up shop in uh, Madripoor, uh, introduced in the pages of New Mutants. There he had the persona of Patch, and everybody knew who he was anyway, but, you know. Because he knows everybody. Yeah. Wolverine knows everybody. That Wolverine ongoing is another tale for another time, though. Uh, it's part of the reason that I'm stopping my coverage here or around here anyway, because he's kind of like all over the place within, ne- within the next year yeah, or so. Yeah, he is, yeah. So uh, to get back to the main story, uh, Wolverine's, he's absent again from the X group, and uh, while they're away, Jubilee's in the, while the X group is away, the Jubilee's in their house. Cause, yeah, she is. Yeah. I like Jubilee. She had followed the X-Men from a mall at one point, yeah. and um, she was hanging around at their house. Nobody likes, well, nobody likes Jubilee. 
I like Jubilee. Well, there, I said it. Yeah, she's she's kind of fun. She's fun, even though you get a lot of weird pseudo late '80s talk from her. Who cares? She's fun. She's a yeah. fun person. So uh, eventually, Wolverine does come back, and hey, surprise! The Reavers are back too. Uh, they also have new friends like Donald Pierce, former cyborg of the Hellfire Club. Uh, Lady Deathstrike joined them up, and uh, even those dudes that uh, keep coming back from before from the Hellfire Club, who are now cyborg men as well. Cockroaches. Those guys came back too. Cockroaches. They just keep coming. They back. just keep coming back. Well, since the other X Men are out, old Wolverine just gets himself straight up crucified, Conan style, on a big wooden X. That looks like it hurts. Yep. So all these cyborgs have some serious beef with our resident claw man, and well, I guess they're enjoying this torture. Uh, but Wolverine withstands it somehow, even after going through many, many hallucinations. Hallucinations. <coughs> hallucinations is are weird because they also tell him what happened uh, to the other X Men. <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, what's like, happening? Yeah. Um, but eventually, stuff. he recovers enough strength to just rip himself off the, the freaking uh, wooden X cross. Yep. And. Um, at that point, uh, Jubilee, who was watching the whole affair, was just like, oh, crap. And then Wolverine turns to him and goes, like, hey, help a brother out. Yeah, Jubilee, do it. Yeah. Uh, I will say that uh, you know, after that, they kind of go into hiding. And um, for whatever reason, the uh, the cyborg grievers can't find them, even though Deathstrike did find them at one point. But she went, no, I'll wait for him to recover. This wouldn't be honorable. Yeah, I remember that. It's some kind of Japanese thing. I don't. I, I don't, don't understand know. that. Whatever. Yeah. So um, the Reavers then decide to head off to Muir Island because they think that's where Wolverine and the X Men are going to be. They're wrong about this, <laughs> but uh, that's a story for another later episode. Yes. Uh, this is pretty much where I'm going to leave off uh, because the next issue finds us hurtling towards the end phase of Claremont's run. Yeah, it does. As Jim Lee delivers a new character design that has major implications for not just Wolverine but the X Men's future in general. Um, I speak, of course, of Psylocke. Uh, but I figured that since we were going to cut off, we would cut off here where Psylocke debuts, or just before Psylocke debuts, because really, I just wanted to talk about the 80s and 70s for Wolverine. Yeah, let's not talk about the 90s Wolverine. Yeah. I think we'll do a breakdown, uh, like a further talk about this in a, in our um, uh, episode towards the end of this, because we are, well, this is our longest episode yet, I think. Woo! Wolverine. But you just got a major breakdown a breakdown of most of Wolverine's key points from the 70s and 80s for me. Yeah. My voice is about to leave. So, um I hope you enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. It was a fun roller coaster. Oh my god. So, um I think the next episode is probably going to be about as long. Oh yeah. man, I wrote so much. About storm, yeah. Uh I'll we'll catch you people next time. Uh I we have the social medias. Check them out. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Let, please let leave me a talk, comment Phil. and subscribe. And let, let me <laughs> let me talk because he's about to die. So if you want to get into contact with us, we're on social media. Pencil us in on Facebook, right? Pencil us in Instagram. I actually post memes, a lot of memes on Instagram. So it's just at pencil us in. If you want to email us, it is pencil us in podcast at gmail.com. But we're also on TikTok. We're on TikTok at pencil us in. I never post on TikTok, but I really should. Last, the first thing I posted was Daisy looking at our business card. We'll get there someday. We'll get there someday. I'm going to figure out TikTok. But yeah, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, we're on Twitter, Pencilless and Podcast. Look us up. You know, if you just type in Pencilless and Podcast in Google, we show up. It's great. Yeah. Also, um, wherever you downloaded this thing from, if it's a pod hoster like uh, Apple Podcasts or, um, you know, like 
Spotify or something like that, please leave a comment there and give us a reading. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to jet. We're going to go. He's he's dying. Yeah. I've been Phil. I'm Sue. And uh, check it later. Bye.